this is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. We tape Discover Lafayette with the support of Raider, a managed IT service provider that offers hands-on technology support and forward-thinking solutions. With managed IT integration, including cybersecurity, communications, and technology support, you have just one vendor and one number to call, allowing you to concentrate on what's most important, your business. For more information, visit RaiderSolutions.com. Support for this podcast also comes from HomeBank, helping the fixer-upper homeowner achieve their renovation dreams with HomeBank's one-time close construction loan. Learn more at home24bank.com. HomeBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. We're grateful for the support of Lafayette Surgical Specialty Hospital, a physician-owned hospital which offers expertly trained doctors and staff that are actively involved in all aspects of patient care. Their reputation for excellence in patient comfort, safety, and overall treatment is reflected in an average patient satisfaction rating of 98% or higher. For more information, visit lafayettesurgical.com. We're honored today to welcome Dr. Jeffrey Joseph, facial plastic surgeon, to our show. Dr. Joseph practices with Acadian ENT and has been seeing patients in Southwest Louisiana since 1993. His professional acumen in treating eyelids, rhinoplasty, and facelift surgery has made him well-known and in demand in our community. Dr. Joseph works with a team of other ENT specialists and staff, including Drs. Bradley Chaston and Ryan Chaston, and their practice recently merged with Camellia ENT and now includes Drs. David Foreman, Lane Anzalone, and Jimmy White. We're taping during lunch on a Tuesday as Dr. Joseph works around his surgical schedule and visits with patients. I've looked forward to welcoming him to Discover Lafayette so that we can discuss his passion for helping patients and his life journey that led him to become a nationally recognized figure in facial plastic and reconstructive surgery. And if I may call you Jeffrey, welcome. Absolutely. Thanks. <laughs> welcome to Discover it, Lafayette. It's great to be here. And a disclaimer, you are my doctor. I mean, you've helped me through the years, um, not with plastic surgery yet, but we might discuss that after the show, but I, you've been a godsend. We can always make a deal. <laughs> you've been a godsend for me, and I know your patients feel the same. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's really comfortable kind. at your office, and usually we're there because we've either got some kind of ear issue or sinus problems. And, right. You know. you know, the advantage of being with so many other doctors is we all have our own little niche. Mm-hmm. And so we, we usually can find someone there that can help you. In addition to, you know, we also do allergy testing. We do hearing testing, including hearing aid dispensing. We do cochlear implants. Uh, we have an in-office CT scanner, and it's oh. been the first office in the area to have an in-house CT scan. So you don't have to go to a facility to have x-rays taken. Mm -hmm. So we think it's very advantageous to the patient to to keep them there uh, and prevent them from having to schedule other times to see other people. So it helps us as well as them. Right. Did you always want to be a doctor? You know, the actually kind of funny story, but uh, at first I thought I would be a priest. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, well, my (laughs) oldest brother was an altar boy, and I kind of liked the... uh, the way they did things. I liked the candles until I uh, lit too many candles and set a trash can on fire. <laughs> and I think the next day my dad came home with a cowboy set. So I had guns and a sheriff's <laughs> badge. But uh, 
once I got a little older, I really took a, an interest in science and math, and so mm-hmm. medicine was a natural. And also had a, a few relatives that were doctors, and it, uh, it caught my interest early on. Mm-hmm. So you were born in Crowley, but did right. you grow up in Lafayette? Well, my dad had two clothing stores in Lafayette. He had Emil Joseph's menswear, which was in the Northgate Mall when the Northgate Mall first yeah. opened in the late 60s, 60s. early 70s. Yeah. And then uh, we had a second location where uh, Twins Burgers is now in the South College Shopping Center. Huh. And uh, so it was kind of fun growing up, and we did yeah. a lot, spent a lot of time in Lafayette. You've got a high-achieving family. I mean, if you can touch briefly on your siblings that people are aware of. Right. So my oldest brother, uh, Jonathan, is an ophthalmologist at the Joseph Swan Eye Center. And my middle brother, uh, Emil, is a partner at Allen & Gooch Law Mm -hmm. Firm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So tell me your journey getting into um, plastic surgery. I know you graduated from LSU Medical School. Right. uh, And then you became board certified in plastic surgery, but this is such a um, a lengthy specialty. And I'm going to have you pronounce what your, your specialty is. I tried to... Otolaryngologist. I had to look that up on yeah. Google. Otolaryngologist. So, you know, when I, so an interesting story. Back in, uh, probably I might have been in like ninth or 10th grade, and mm-hmm. my best friend's father, who is Nolan Edwards, uh, oh, we're, at, yeah. we're at his home, and we, I spent most of my childhood, I think, there. But he had just finished meeting with some plastic surgeons, and the first thing he told me, he looked at me and said, well, if you're going to be a doctor, you should be a plastic surgeon because you like to draw and paint. And so I never really thought about it, and then the more I thought about it, I thought, well, that would be a really good mm-hmm. avenue for me to do the two things that I'm most passionate about, which is taking care of people, and I really do love to uh, draw and paint. Mm-hmm. So it really worked out well. Nolan Edwards, what yeah. a fine fellow. Yeah, great guy. Oh, Jeffrey, I met him in 1983. I moved here out of law school, mm-hmm. was clerking for Judge Ronnie Cox, and my first week of work, we were in a trial with Nolan, and that's when he was killed. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I was just getting to Tragic. know him, and I, oh, it just, uh, such a fine fellow, you know, and, so well-respected. And true, yeah, truly just a great guy. Yeah, I didn't realize you were close yeah, so with the family. His, his youngest son, Nolan Ju- uh, mm-hmm. Jr., is my, one of my best friends. Yeah, yeah. Grew up since childhood. That's wonderful. So you took the medical career path, and looks like you were in school a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really funny when my kids say, God, I've been, been in school three years. I go, mm-hmm. well... Keep going. You're you know, just getting it, your toe in the yeah, water. It's gonna be. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. So talk about. Um, I've got some of my notes here. I know that you um, worked with the doctor Silver, and mm-hmm. um, talk about that. I mean, you didn't just like specialize in this, but you've you've been working with LSU uh, with the Department of Olaryngology. Oh, yeah. You're gonna get <laughs> it. You'll get it. <laughs> But you've really dedicated your life just to this field. Um, right. Yeah. So um, after I finished my otolaryngology training, then I um, pursued a fellowship in facial plastic surgery. And a funny story. So, you know, it seems like I have a lot of funny stories. But I was interviewing in Houston, Texas with a, a really world. All these guys are world renowned, you know, back in the day. And his name was Russ Crydell. And Russ was really famous for rhinoplasty. And so... Russ invited me to Houston because there was a, a national meeting in Houston. He says, come over to the house for dinner, and you'll get to meet some of the guys. So 
um, we had dinner, met a lot of the guys that had their own fellowships, and then there was a Mike Tyson fight on. Well, Billy Silver uh, and I were sitting next to each other, and we started talking. And at the end of the at the end of the fight, which probably didn't last but about 15 minutes, he said, "Listen, if you don't want to do Russ's fellowship and live in Houston, why don't you come visit me in Atlanta?" Wow. So I went to Atlanta and visited with him and fell in love with the city of Atlanta and the way that yeah. Billy treated patients. And mm-hmm. um, we're still uh, best friends and speak to uh-huh. him uh, probably about once a week. That's wonderful. And Atlanta is such an exciting place. At, I know that was fun. At, oh, and it was, it was right in like 93 when mm-hmm. the Braves started winning. So yeah. the city was so electric about yeah. that and just so progressive. Mm-hmm. Is, um, is our nose like one of the things that bothers people the most? You know, like, is that one of the main uh, concerns people have about their appearance? You know, I think it varies according to age. I think certainly if I look at, at my career over the 29 years that I've done it, I think rhinoplasty was pretty much for me uh, something I did on people that were 35 and under, mm-hmm. particularly now, you know, 18 yeah. to 25 you know, as people become, you know, I think a lot of what, what I do now, I credit to uh, Zoom meetings, you know, yeah, and a lot of FaceTiming because, yeah. you know, I get a lot of people that will come in and, you know, take a screenshot of themselves and go, look at it. This is what I don't mm-hmm. like or whatever. But I think the important thing about rhinoplasty is, is some of it is actually done for breathing purposes, at least right. part of it. And so it's it's really nice to help in that manner. And some people have had, you know, multiple operations where we have to sometimes tidy up things. But mm-hmm. and then I think as you get older, I think now, you know, with the advent of uh, everyone using sunscreens and cosmeceuticals daily, I think now people are more in tune to taking care of their skin, even though a great part of our culture deals with us being outside in the sun. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, we get into the skin care portion of the of the program. And then as you get a little bit older, we start seeing a little hooding of the eyelids or a little loss of jaw definition or laxity in the neck. And then that brings in a certain subset of patients. Mm-hmm. So uh, I see you, you know, looking at me as you say that. You know, you know what? That is not <laughs> true for everybody that's listening. But um, I think it, it, it helps as, because people actually grow with the practice. And so yeah. I, you know, there'll be someone, I'll do the daughter's nose, and then I come back and do the uh, mother's eyes or so. So mm-hmm. it's really kind of fun. Yeah. So let's talk about your um, your partners. Like I said, now there's six of you with the right. merger right. Uh, of Acadia and ENT. the youngest, uh, yeah. Lane Anzalone, who just finished uh, his residency and his uh-huh. specialty training in ear surgery. But they're all super qualified and great people to work with. So they do different types of specialties. You said you had kind of moved away from doing the ear, right. I, nose, right. and throat, and you have others that are doing we that have in some, the office. We have some that do a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and I think it's really mm-hmm. helpful because there's always someone else to lean on that, that uh, has a little bit more experience maybe or maybe a fresher idea. Right. So I think our practice is really nice because we have, on one hand, we have experience with the uh, three older members, and then we have uh, innovate, a little bit more innovative ideas yeah. or maybe a different way of looking at something with the younger. So if people have issues, the basic things they would come in for are ear, nose, throat, correct, including mm-hmm. the sinuses. Right. Um, and allergies want. and sinuses in, yeah. Lu- in Louisiana, particularly in Lafayette, where we're surrounded by water, is, uh, is mm-hmm. just really out there. And so we have programs designed for all of these patients. Right. And I also saw that um, you have like a, a, I guess, a skincare 
mm-hmm. uh, right. laser a, surgery or laser peels a, and different things. Sure, we have a full-fledged uh, skincare department, which includes, you know, products, which is always important. You know, it's always fun that when I do lectures, people always want to know what, you know, what products do I recommend. So here's a, here's a really nice freebie. You know, you can wash your face with something simple as a Purpose or Cetaphil soap. Mm-hmm. Uh, use a sunscreen. As long as you use a little bit of a, a topical vitamin C, perhaps, or a little retinol, you're going to be fine. That's that's a great starting block for anyone that wants mm-hmm. to start taking care of their skin. But it all starts and finishes with good prevention and protection from the sun. Yeah. Something I was not ever focused on. And it's funny, you know, over the years I've used inexpensive glycerin soap and just right. a wash rag. And so my skin on my face is much better than my neck mm-hmm. because I really didn't. The neck I've learned... It's just the first battleground for drooping. Right, the neck and can be really so, unforgiving. Yeah, the thin skin on it. But when you're young, at least I guess when I was coming up, it was all about being bronze and mm-hmm. um, people and, put you know, on but, baby oil. You know, they right. didn't wear sunscreen. Baby oil or betadine and just laying out, you know, all day. Yeah. And and it's really kind of funny because you know, it's, all, it's just like everything else. As long as you're consistent and it's somewhat good products, you're going to do fine. But it's the people that don't do anything and then yeah. show up in my office and want to look like they did 20 years ago. It's yeah. really kind of tough. And you probably have to ask them, do you smoke? Do you, mm-hmm, right. you know, you what's know, your diet like? Here's a rule. I, you know, I don't operate on smokers, and, and we really try to, to get people at their ideal weight where they want mm-hmm. to be before they go through any kind of surgical procedure. Mm-hmm. I think it, it must be funny as a doctor. You you must just see people coming in wanting the impossible, and uh, it just makes me laugh because we all just think we'll fix it, you know. Uh, you know, I have a, a few stories about you, you know, <laughs> where people, I'll tell you, the most requested anything is a Kardashian. So as long as, oh, they, as, long like as, they, as long as they can look like one of their Kardashian friends, oh they're gosh. good. But, where do you uh, begin? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to always start with the genetic tree, and I ask if they were a supermodel. Right. You know? <laughs> and they go, well... So, and you don't do implants on the backside. No, no, I stay away from, I just do <laughs> facial neck. and neck. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk some, you know, when I was looking at your site and doing a little research on you, Jeffrey, there, there's two kinds of surgery. And we're talking in some ways about the cosmetic surgery, but you do reconstructive surgery right. too, right in your office. I do uh, skin, a lot of skin cancer resections mm-hmm. as well as reconstructions. So there's a... a a term out there called a Mohs surgeon, and a lot of people are, are going towards that. In Mohs surgery, it's M-O-H apostrophe S. It's yeah. named after a guy named Frederick Mohs who invented this little technique where essentially someone can cut it out and be the pathologist and look mm-hmm. at it under a microscope at the same setting, which is really nice and convenient. So you don't have to have different people doing different things. And sometimes I will get... Uh, patients that have had a Mohs resection, but then ask for uh, my assistance in reconstructing it. Uh-huh. So I do a fair amount of that as well. Because that can be, even though it's good surgery, it can be very invasive right. by the time sometimes, you need that. It's, sometimes you, there are a lot of uh, nerves that traverse the areas of the face as well as muscles. And mm-hmm. to try to create some some idea of symmetry, it's important to have that in mind. Did you, are, are you a Mohs surgeon though? No. You don't no, do that? No, Mohs surgeons are typically a dermatologist. I go to Dr. Two, Chapman. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Chapman is a really good yeah, one. Yeah, he is. And um, does great work. And then Chad Prather is another. Mm-hmm. So John, my husband, just had that this week. I mean, yeah. we, I hate to say it, but we've been in there a few times to yeah. see Dr. Chapman. But 
I can see where if you're cutting on the face, you really could cause some unintended um, consequences. Huh? Well, and it's all about, you know, putting incisions where they don't show. Yep. And yep. camouflage is, is really the best way to describe it, to uh, make people look as best as they can. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. I wanted to talk about this. I saw that you were in the, um, in 2003, uh, the Beauty Makers, and it was, uh, you were the only Louisiana facial plastic surgeon included in this book of nationally recognized cosmetic surgeons. And I mentioned that in the, at the uh, opening. You've also been um, recognized and, and included in Best Doctors in America for that specialty that I'm not going to try to pronounce. But that's something to be recognized, you know, not just in Louisiana, but around the country. It's, it's an honor. It, it's a great honor, but, you know, I'm a very lucky guy is the best way I can describe it. But um, the the beauty maker thing was really funny because at that time, um, Extreme Makeover had just hit ABC, I think was the, the network that did it. And uh, the guy that interviewed before me was a guy named Garth Fisher out of Beverly Hills. So it was really kind of funny that uh, all these interviewee people mm -hmm. were from you know Miami, New York, Beverly Hills. So I was really proud to represent Louisiana. Yeah. It was kind of fun. Maybe they just needed somebody from every state, but uh, I was happy they chose me. And you didn't fit the stereotype of a typical Southern uh, guy. No. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't talk to me long enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do people normally ask you? I know you were just giving advice about caring for yourself and your skin, but what, what do you see? Like, what are people really wanting when they come to you? You know, I think most well-adjusted people who have realistic expectations, I think where, where my practice fits is that I think truly if we do everything the way we want to do it, I can make you look like you looked eight or ten years ago. I mean, that's my goal going in. But in doing that, a lot of times it's doing multiple things to lesser degrees in some areas for instance, the eyes. No one wants really bulgy, prominent eyes, or really the you know the Kenny Rogers eye, mm -hmm. or you know. And as soon as you say that, then people go, "Oh yeah, I know such and such had had this or so forth." And then I think when it comes to jaw lines and necks, I think that's where they that's where you need to be a little bit more aggressive to create a really nice sculpted jaw and a better neck. But I think it's doing multiple things. Uh -huh. And the other thing I think is real important is you have to kind of unteach them because a lot of people, probably about 50%, will come in with a predetermined notion of what they feel they need because they've spent time in front of the mirror in the bathroom pulling and tugging on certain things and they come up with ideas they think. And so sometimes, and maybe instead of doing their eyelids, I may say, well, I think we need a brow lift instead. And so we have to educate. So a lot of my time has been educating people. Mm -hmm. And I think when you find that right balance of making recommendations based on what they tell me, what I see, and what my experience is, I think that gives us the best chance for success. But the other catch on it is, is always tell people, pretend I'm your landscaper, and you have a beautiful home, but your backyard is dirt. And I come in and landscape it, so I'm going to plant grass, I'm going to plant uh, shrubs, I'm going to plant flowers. And I'm going to put it all together. And when it's done, do you look at it and go, wow, this is really pretty? Or do you find the one plant that's not doing quite so well and draw me right to it? Mm -hmm. And those people 
those are the tough ones because they, they expect perfection and it's really hard to be perfect. But I think you can make things better. And so I think as long as you keep those things in mind and making it better, realizing that it, nothing's really perfect, even though people say, oh, it's so perfect, I can always find something if I want to look, right? Yeah. I think that's just human nature. And then to, to make you look like you did, but about 10 years younger. Because, you know, let's face it, we're all born like grapes, right? We're all shiny and plump. And as we age, we become raisins. We become mm -hmm. discolored. We become a little shriveled up, a little wrinkled. And so what we want to do is take that raisin, move you more to the grape side. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it fun. So you've been doing this almost 29 years. That's a lot of years. Yeah. And I'm sure today the Jeffrey Joseph sitting here is different than that young Oh, you gosh, know, yeah. young doctor right out of school. Oh, incredibly different. Yeah. And I think it evolves. So, you know, I was I had this discussion with some friends of mine. I have a, a friend that I shared this with that lives in Detroit. And I said, you know, it's really funny. I looked at my results from my first 10 years of practice and the way I did things. And it is so different than the way. So that was the way I was taught. And then you realize that what works for one person isn't another. And so I think one of the take-home messages, and I see this a lot, is don't really pick the procedure, pick the doctor. And because every, you know, we can name 30 people that can do rhinoplasty and some do them open, which is through an incision outside and some do them closed and some do preservation where they leave a lot more tissue and so and then there are some that are structural where you put grafts in which means we're taking cartilage from you somewhere else and putting it into your nose don't come in wanting a certain procedure pick the doctor that you think gets the best results it's very similar to going to a restaurant you know if you go to a restaurant and you say for instance you want spaghetti you don't go to an italian restaurant and say listen i want spaghetti but i want you to do it the way some another restaurant does it, or I want you to do it this way. Right. Go to pick the doctor and say, do the procedure you think is going to give me the best result, mm -hmm. and then they'll do that in the in the manner that they feel is best. There's some, you know, I do faces four different ways. There, it just depends on who and what features they have and what I want to accomplish. Right. So right. always, my my take home is don't pick the procedure or the way it's done pick the doctor that you see that gets the consistent results. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the average, I think the statistics were the average plastic surgeon does between 12 and 20 facelifts a year. And last year I did over 100 aging face cases, which is a tremendous amount given the, the size of our town. And so I think what it is is it's people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I think we do at my practice is I see everyone every day. So the day after your face, the through day five, I'm going to see you every single day because when you look in the mirror, you're going to think, oh, my God, what did I get into? But I think <laughs> is it it's bad that first day. Well, it's scary. It depends on if you think swollen eggplants is a mm, good way to look. Yeah. Because you are going to be a little bruised. So you're not planning on going out that right. next day. <laughs> I think in two weeks you can go out and feel uh -huh. comfortable, but you're going to have, you know, four to six hours of surgery. And so with that comes, you know, bruising, a little oozing and swelling and so forth. But I'm going to see you every day because when you look in the mirror, you're going to think, oh, my gosh, what happened? Mm -hmm. But when I look and I go, God, you know what? You look great. 
this year coming along, this is average amount of swelling. So it, I think it's a level of comfort. And if I can take your anxiety away, then you're going to spend more time paying attention to the post-operative instructions that right. we give you. Right. Because that's your part of the deal. My part is to do the surgery and manage you for those first 10 days. So just for an instance, if, if we're doing anything that involves facial surgery, whether it be brow lifts, eyelids, you're going to be seen every day for the first five days. On that fifth day, we start taking stitches out. We're also going to wash your hair in the office. Oh. So, and then, then we start seeing you at 7 and 10. Then everything's out by 10 days, and you can go to a restaurant or go out socially and not feel so self-conscious because most of the bruising and swelling is, is gone. It's, mm -hmm. it's truly amazing how quickly we heal if we're healthy. Um, and so I think that's important. So I think, it's, I think that's how we, I can be a better doctor to my patient uh -huh. is by alleviating the anxiety. And I think it makes people more comfortable. You know, uh, you've helped our family and my daughter, Taylor, um, taking out her tonsils and different things and working on her septum. And I remember this was back in 2010. We were trying to remember before we started taping. You had her take a series of things like Arnica right. and different, um, I don't know if they're bioflavonoids. I'm not sure what Arnica is, mm -hmm. but I know it's a healing Right. So um, medicine, it's a over the counter, but it sure. worked like a charm. Right. So, you know, um, what we what we encourage is we are big believers in supplements. Not all supplements, however, are good. So you don't want to take like St. John's Ward or Ginkgo because those can cause bruising and bleeding. So anything that's really good for blood flow is not great for surgery. So okay. aspirin, Advil, Motrin, ibuprofen, Aleve, things like that. But for instance, arnica and bromelain, which is actually a pineapple bromelain. derivative, yeah. help with uh, bruising. And, um, and an antidote is also um, not really giving medical advice, but if you have a bruise that doesn't go away, put a little Vixab on it. Really? And Vixab does help to kind of get the bruise to go away a little quicker. So we, we like to know what you're taking, mm -hmm. but in addition, we're going to change up some of the things you take to encourage better healing. That arnica is really, I mean, it worked like a gem. It she does. didn't have any discoloration. And she's I was shocked. Fair, and she's light hair, fair skin. Yeah. You know, so yeah. those are the people that typically bruise a little more. Mm -hmm. But we were very lucky uh, yeah. in, in her case that she really didn't have any. I was jealous because I'd had a procedure done in the 90s. And I looked yeah. like Mack truck had run me over. Right. It was bad. So that's that eggplant, <laughs> yeah. you know, thing. You're like, oh, my gosh, what what, did, what happened? You know? <laughs> that's what I was asking at the time. Right. What happened? And so, and so who, it's kind of... Who gave them permission to do yeah. this to me? And so it, <laughs> things have, have kind of changed. And so I think it's really important to be really current, um, getting ready uh, to go off to Washington, D.C. to spend four days seeing what's out there now. Oh. And I try to do that once a year. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Occasionally, they uh, get asked to give a lecture. I'm not doing one this year, but I did two last year. So it's a lot of fun to do um, because it's a, it's really more of an exchange of ideas. Uh -huh. Is it and, a national uh, convention right. of well, it's plastic it, this surgeons? This year, it's internet. I'm going to an international mm -hmm. meeting, and it's really fun. And I've really gained some like my lifelong friends are, are people I spoke next to, you know, and in a program. And afterwards, you start visiting, and you, you, know, you develop these friendships that are really nice. Yeah. 
Well, I'd like, I have a couple more questions for you, but before we move on, um, during every show, we pause and reflect back on a past interview so I can get people to go <clears throat> to my website, discoverlafayette.net. And this one, Jeffrey, is with Lindsay Smythe. Um, she's a young woman principal of Ecole St. Landry French Immersion School in Sunset. And I chose a clip from Lindsay because like you, she's passionate about her work and she's very inspiring. She's focused on building a great public school option and she's trying to attract private school students to get people back into the public school system. Let's take a listen to Lindsay Smythe. The amount of energy I put into my kids, like for parent club and sure. involved in every fundraiser and bake sale and you know all the things we did, we just have a very high percentage in Lafayette Parish, in mm -hmm. particular, you know, private school kids and families. And if some of that energy was in the public school Absolutely. system, it would it would be transformational. I, we it, wouldn't be putting up with right. in the. <laughs> but we did. We you know in Grand Coteau, the building is two hundred years old. So sure. we had it was a money pit. Right. It is a money. It's pit. a beautiful building. I will add. But, but we were still there sure. helping raise money and right. all. And when you know what's going on, you want to make it better. Right. Right. But and it's just a disconnect. And it's, I think it's just our background, the Catholic yeah, it, background. Yeah. People are used to more right. parochial, private Sure, school. yeah. And I mean, and again, like you said, and it's not only just like the Catholic background, but it's mm -hmm. really just, it's very normal in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I don't know where we are in ranking statewide. You know, I know that Texas has a really good public system, so mm -hmm. I'd be curious to see how their private yeah. school enrollment is. But that's something that I actually don't know. I'd love to find somebody that knows that data. And in West Feliciana, right outside of Baton Rouge, that's been an A district. Hollis oh, yeah. Milton for years was there. Sure. Um, and then Zachary. I mean, look yeah. at Zachary. But it's, but kids are independent in, school. They're district. not in private school right. there. Right. It's, and they all do the leader in me. It's just, yeah. you can right. see the, <laughs> investment sure but they don't have the private schools right and, and it's so a district everybody participates right. and, and they, everybody's there and mm -hmm. and you're not just uh i'm sure there's more to it but oh absolutely i mean surface even level it looks sure. it's a different day over you there. just kind of like the day that we chatted um uh for education day the last time i saw you and we were mm -hmm. kind of talking about like even in public school systems that sometimes you have subgroups that one subgroup is a really high performing subgroup you know maybe you're gifted kids all in one school and then if you took the gifted kids out you kind of say like how's this school doing if the mm -hmm. gifted kids weren't there, or if the, I'm using quotes now, the private kids, what if they weren't there? And so mm -hmm. it really makes you kind of take a look at, you know, what can we do? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. um, but again, it's just something to be said about if we can just convince more parents to give be in shot. public schools, just give us a shot. And mm -hmm. we and we do, this year, I think we have about five kids that were private school students, which I was really proud of. Welcome back to Discover Lafayette with Dr. Jeffrey Joseph. Dr. Joseph's practice, Acadian ENT, recently merged with Camellia ENT, and we've been talking about the doctors in the practice and Jeffrey's 29-year-old uh, practice where he's really honed his skills in plastic surgery. But I wanted to give him some time to talk about his personal life, and in particular, your art. You're, you're a very accomplished artist, and I know from what you said earlier that you, you've in, always enjoyed art. Uh, you know, I, I can remember when I was at, uh, went to elementary school at St. Michael's in Crowley, and I can always remember I was probably in second or third, fourth grades. I would have a nun take me out of my classroom, and we had big bulletin, uh, big uh, chalkboards mm -hmm. with colored chalk in each classroom, and I would have to stop at each classroom and draw a nativity scene. 
And this is when I was, I had no idea why they chose me, but I would mm -hmm. go and I, would, I enjoyed it. I got out of class for about an hour every day. And so I've always liked to draw. I've designed T-shirts for races um, starting in 1983. I think I did mm -hmm. my first one. Um, I did the Hospice of the Kate Anna cookbook cover, which that was probably one of the biggest uh, thrills as an artist to be chosen to, to uh, yeah. represent such a great organization. And um, I still draw and paint just about every day. Yeah, your work's in your office. It's have, beautiful. You know, every now and then I get surprised. I go to a restaurant and they have a little one of my pieces. So mm -hmm. it's really fun. Um, and it's something I enjoy. I think it's a great de-stressor. And so I think everybody, you know, we all have stress in our lives. And I think if everybody can find something, whether it's exercise or walking or reading mm -hmm. or whatever, you have to have something in your life that de-stresses you. Mm -hmm. uh, now my wife says maybe it's the wine I drink when Perhaps. I paint. It makes you creative. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I think it makes it more fun for me, and and um, I just really enjoy yeah. it. Do you commission work, or is it more for uh, pleasure only? Pleasure. You know, I do some commissions. Um, you know, when I first started out, it was almost as bad as my day job because I would do portraits. And I would, you know, I would get people telling me that they weren't this overweight or they weren't this blonde or they weren't <laughs> this old. And so I, was, I punted that idea and I started mm -hmm. doing buildings and, and houses. And so it became a lot more fun because no one really cared then, you yeah. know. But initially I was like, God, this is terrible. I'd rather, I'd rather go back and operate than do this. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's been a lot of fun and yeah. it's kind of come full circle. Yeah. You have a beautiful family, too, and I know we were talking about your children, if you want to mention um, your kids and what they're, they're sure. up to. They've grown up. Um, Jeffrey Jr. is an attorney at the Roth Law Firm. Jeffrey um, graduated from Tulane, uh, undergrad, then got his MBA and law degree from Tulane, and then he went to NYU to get his LLM in tax. And so he is in New Orleans in doing uh, tax and real estate and estate planning kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Lizzie is in her last year at TCU, and she, she graduated from LSU in psychology and is getting her Ph.D. She's gotten her master's, and now she's getting her Ph.D. at TCU. And uh, Katie is my youngest, and she's the wild card. <laughs> <laughs> Katie has uh, aspirations of following uh, Jeffrey and being an attorney. Mm -hmm. And she's a proud. senior. Yeah. yeah, I'm super proud. I just remember them when they were little, and it's just, yeah. where has time gone? Gosh. How have they aged and we, we haven't? haven't. No, One we lick, haven't. huh? We're pretty good at this. I know. Well, you've been here in, in Lafayette for your your adult career life. And uh, we were talking before the taping. I know you love Lafayette. What are some things you'd like to see in Lafayette? Do you have any thoughts on that? God, Jan, you know, I think I think what, what Lafayette offers is so prominent and you know everybody points to the food and the culture and the festivals and that's it and you know healthcare is making a huge impact uh, you know i think it's it's really incredible when you think that our community can produce the medical care that it does and um, i think like all like everyone you know crime always pops up you know personally i'm i would I'm a beautification kind of guy, so I always tend to go, you know, be proud of where you live, take care of it, and and I think it takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. And if you take care of your city, 
then I think it, it has a way of, of taking care of you. And that's been proven in my practice that I have people, you know, from different parts of the southern United States that come for surgery, not necessarily because of me, but they may know someone from here or have a relative that had surgery with me. And so it, and they've all have such positive things to say about how close knit of a community we are. And I think you can't buy that. Right. And I think, you know, if, if you keep the safety part of it and you keep beautifying the city, mm -hmm. I think it, ta it just takes care of itself. Yeah, we really have a great community, and it's the families that make it so special. I right. mean, look at your family, you know, right. your siblings. It's, it's, fa it's family yeah. coming back. And, yeah. it's, and um, it, you know, I've lived in New Orleans. I've lived in Atlanta. No city has this. No, you know, Atlanta, the, the, the joke about Atlanta is if you've been there five years, you were born there. <laughs> Because every, everyone, everyone is born somewhere else and moves there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're totally different from that, I think, if you look at, at demographics. But uh, I'm very proud of where we live. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for, for joining us today and um, for opening up about yourself. Were there any questions? I know you've never done a podcast, but are there any no, questions? No, this is my first podcast. Yeah. This is so exciting. Did you expect me to ask something that I didn't? Anything we didn't touch on? No, I, you know, you're probably one of the most thorough, thorough people I've met. So I knew you would cover most things. And you you're, you did a good job of making me look good, I think. Oh, so, God. no, this was fun. Jeffrey, yeah. This was a lot of fun. Well, tell us where your office is. You're by the Oil Center. My office is in the Oil Center. It's 1000 West Penhook Road, Suite 201. Yeah, and then with the addition of... Um, Camellia ENT, now part of Acadian ENT, you have other offices too. Right. So we have we have two main offices in Lafayette. One is on Camellia Boulevard across from City Club and the one in the All Center that Jan mentioned. And then we also have little satellite offices, one in Kaplan and one in Crowley. Mm -hmm. That's cool for people that want to be close so, to home. Yeah, sometimes it's hard for people to travel. Yeah. And so we do our best to, to go out and, and get in, get to them a little bit quicker. Dr. Jeffrey Joseph, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, this and is fabulous. What you do for our community. I've enjoyed it, too. I want to thank our listeners for your loyal support. Please visit discoverlafayette.net, where you can find about 280 interviews that we've done. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you can subscribe to Discover Lafayette wherever you get your podcast. We also couldn't do this without the support of our sponsors. I'd like to thank Home Bank, Lafayette Surgical Specialty Hospital, and of course, Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape and makes it sound professional. Thank you for joining us. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, this is Jan Swift.